I wonder if the shepherds understood the significance of the baby in the manger. I wonder if they made the connection between the lambs they were raising to be sacrificed in the temple and the Lamb of God who would one day be sacrificed for the sins of the whole world. Welcome to episode 15 of the Family Bible Connection podcast with Laurie Christine. Hey mama, do you feel inadequate to teach your kids about God? Do they have questions about the Bible that you don't know how to answer? Do you want to have family devotions, but you're just not sure where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Family Bible Connection, a community of moms who desperately need Jesus for every step of our parenting journey. We want our kids to know the Bible and grow in their love for God and others. We want to prepare our kids to go into the world as passionate followers of Jesus. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. Through devotional resources, family routines, and Bible study, I will teach you how to create a Christ-centered culture in your home. Merry Christmas, friends! I hope this episode finds you with joy in your hearts as you are preparing to celebrate the birth of our Savior, only a week away at the time of this recording. In my little neck of the woods here in Pennsylvania, we are not only getting ready for Christmas, but we are preparing for a huge snowstorm tomorrow. They are predicting 10 to 14 inches for our area, and I just have to tell you that I am so excited. I absolutely love snow, and I was so disappointed last winter when we barely had any, and it's probably been oh, I don't know, 15 years since we've actually had a white Christmas and actually had snow on Christmas. So I am hoping that the snow sticks around for a few more days into next week. Are you looking for a family Christmas devotional to read with your family this year? Maybe you have procrastinated and you feel like it's too late to start reading a 25-day Advent devotional with your kids or to do an Advent calendar. Well, I have good news for you. My ebook, The Night the Angels Got Lost, is a short three-part Christmas devotional that will be perfect for you to read together with your kids this year. You can read the story three days leading up to Christmas, or you can read the whole thing on Christmas morning. This book will not only bring a fresh perspective to your Christmas celebrations, it will also help you to understand the significance behind the coming of the promised child, the Lamb of God who would one day be killed as a sacrifice for our sins. In last week's episode, I read to you part two of my family Christmas devotional, The Night the Angels Got Lost. And if you missed the first part or the second part, you can go back and listen to episodes 13 and 14. Today, I'm going to continue reading part three. This is the final part, and you are welcome to grab your kids and listen to the episodes together, or you can listen to it with them a little bit later. There are discussion questions that go along with each section of the story. I've mentioned the last few episodes that you can also download a free copy of the ebook for yourself. Just go to christmasstory.faith to download your free copy, and I will have a link for you in the show notes. So, without further ado, here is The Night the Angels Got Lost, Part 3. Part 3, The Promised Child. Hannah and I could barely contain our excitement as we skipped ahead of the men and boys. I'm not sure I fully understood in that moment the significance of who we were going to see, the promised child. 
eagerly anticipated for thousands of years, showing up right here in this little town of Bethlehem. I'm not sure any of us truly understood what it all meant. But none of us could deny what had just happened out on the hillside, and so we followed our hearts to find this new baby. When we arrived in the city, it was nearly three o'clock in the morning. We wandered through the ink-dark streets of the small town, looking for a light, a crowd, a cry, something to let us know that we had arrived in the right place. We finally came across a stone house where we could see a candle flickering inside the open doorway. We knew we were looking for a baby in a manger. Often, people in Bethlehem would keep their animals in the front room of their houses while the family members slept in the back room. A white-haired woman had just stepped through the doorway into the cool night air, pulling the door closed behind her. A bundle of soft rags and blankets were tucked under one arm, and she carried a flickering oil lamp in the other. I recognized the rags as the same kind we used to swaddle the lambs we prepared for sacrifice. The woman looked up in surprise as our group of not-so-quiet shepherds descended upon her, all of us chattering at once. Excuse me, we're looking for a baby. Have you seen him? He's lying in a manger, a feed trough. Do you know where we can find the baby? There was an angel. An angel told us about the baby. Can we see him? Can we? Hold on now. Quiet down. The woman set down her bundles, placing a finger over her lips. Shush, all of you, you'll wake the baby. So there is a baby here. The woman continued. This young couple inside have had a very long night, and they don't need no crazy group of sheep folks barging in on them and disrupting their peace and quiet. They need some time to rest. Y'all run along now and get out of here. Our impatient group once again broke out in shouts of protest. But the angel told us we need to see the baby. He is the promised child. We will find him in a manger. There were angels, lots of angels. Now, now, settle down. The white-haired woman shushed us again. You there, she said, pointing at my dad. Tell me what this is about. What's all this talk about angels? As my dad began to recount the events of the evening, the door creaked open and a young man appeared in the doorway behind the woman, his tall form silhouetted against the candlelight from within. Placing his hand on the arm of the older woman, he stepped forward into the light of her lamp. It's okay, Lydia, he said in a tired voice. Let these folks come in. I want to hear about this angel as well. He had obviously overheard us talking outside the doorway. With a raised eyebrow, the young man inspected our bedraggled group, curious to know what we were doing here in the middle of the night. My name is Joseph, he began. Now, what's this you said about an angel? Start at the beginning. I want to hear the whole story. Dad retold our story about how an angel had appeared to us with an important message about the promised child how we would find the baby in a manger, and how the first angel was then joined by a whole shining army of angels. As he finished, I saw the young man, Joseph, brush a tear away from his cheek. He had been listening intently to my father's story, and his eyes now glistened with emotion and understanding. Please, come in, Joseph said in a quavering voice. You have come to the right place. He stepped through the open doorway and motioned for us to follow him inside. We quietly followed all of us, squeezing into the first-floor room of the house where the animals were spending the night. 
The pungently sweet smell of hay mixed with a stench of damp donkey fur and musty sheep dung filled my nostrils. As my eyes adjusted to the dim light, I could see an exhausted young woman reclining in the corner of the room on a pile of straw and blankets. Next to her was a primitive stone feed trough filled with freshly cut hay. Atop the hay, wrapped tightly in strips of rags, a tiny baby lay sleeping. I drew in a quick breath and held it in my chest, barely daring to let it out. The baby, just where the angel said he would be, lying in a manger. Hannah was standing beside me. I grabbed her hand and squeezed it tightly. Joseph knelt down next to the young woman and whispered, Mary, my love, these shepherds have seen the glory of the Lord revealed to them tonight. An angel appeared to them and told them about our baby. Mary's eyes grew wide as she gingerly propped herself up on the mound of blankets. Joseph placed his hand behind her back and carefully helped her sit, stuffing a blanket behind her for support. Mary looked around the room, her gaze shifting to each of us in turn, taking in the scene as if she wanted to record this moment in her heart forever. She gently took Joseph's hand as a small smile crept to the corners of her mouth. Joseph stood and addressed the group. My friends, welcome! We are honored that you have come. We are overwhelmed by the goodness of God and by his faithfulness to us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He has kept his promise to our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This night we have seen the glory of the Lord. A tingle ran up my back and down my arms out to the tips of my fingers. The glory of the Lord, the promised child. Could this tiny, helpless baby really be the one promised to our ancestors? The one who would crush the head of the serpent? The one who would reign as king on David's throne and make everything right again? Joseph continued, My wife, Mary, and I were each visited by an angel many months ago. The angel told us that Mary would have a baby conceived by the Holy Spirit. We have named him Jesus. He is the Son of the Most High God. He will reign on David's throne. He is God with us, and He will save us from our sins. It wasn't every day that our group of shepherds was left speechless, but today was one of those days. There we were, standing in the presence of a king. My dad was the first to drop to his knees and bow his head low to the ground, an act of reverence reserved only for the highest of royalty. My uncles followed suit as well as my cousins. I, too, dropped to my knees and bowed low. A piece of straw tickled my nose. A king. We were in the presence of a king. Never in my wildest dreams had I imagined I would ever get to meet a king, let alone this king. My heart felt as if it would burst. Tears of joy were streaming down my cheeks as I sat up, gazing in wonder at the baby in front of me. A soft voice broke the silence. Mary was singing. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. The Mighty One has done great things. Holy is His name. She repeated the short chorus again, this time, with Joseph's deep voice joining hers. Their eyes met, expressing their love for God, for each other, and for the baby with each word of the song. Mary reached for the sleeping child, gently lifted him out of the manger, and held him close to her chest. As they started the chorus for the third time, 
the gruff voice of my father joined in, and we shepherds all sang along with Mary and Joseph. The Mighty One has done great things. Holy is His name. As we left Mary and Joseph early the next morning, our hearts overflowed with joy. The sun was just beginning to peek over the hilltops around Bethlehem, and the sleepy town was waking up. Thinking perhaps they should assist the town in its waking, my uncles and cousins ran through the streets, laughing and jumping and shouting and singing. The Mighty One has done great things. Holy is His name. Hannah and I looked at each other and let out a giggle. I took off running after my older cousins, twirling and singing as I ran. Glory to God in the highest. God has done great things for us. God has kept his promise. The promised child has come to save us. We didn't mind the strange looks we got from the sleepy townspeople as they peeked through their windows and emerged from darkened doorways. This news was too good not to share. I don't think I will ever understand why God chose to send an angel to tell us about the baby Jesus. There was certainly nothing special about our little family of shepherds. We didn't have any royal blood. We didn't belong to any special religious group. We didn't have a lot of money. And yet, for some reason, God wanted to make sure that we knew about the promised child he was sending to the world. The new baby who would change the world forever. Questions for discussion and imagination. Why do you think God sent Jesus to be born in a manger instead of a palace? In what ways is your life different than Abigail's? In what ways is it similar? What can we learn about God's character from this story? Every story in the Bible has been included by God for a purpose. Why do you think God wanted to make sure that people everywhere, all over the world, heard the story about how the angels appeared to the shepherds? A final note for parents. God chose to announce the good news about Jesus to a group of dirty, smelly shepherds, some of the lowliest people in Jewish society at the time. For generations to come, God wanted the world to know that this good news is not just for the rich and powerful. It is not just for the important and elite. This good news about Jesus is for everyone. God invites even the very lowest members of society, those whom others may consider to be different, strange, unimportant, or unloved, to come to him and embrace the gift of salvation that comes only through Jesus. Nothing you have ever done and nothing you will ever do can keep you away from God's love that he has given to us through his son, Jesus. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you that you are a God who does what you say you're going to do. You kept your promise to send the promised child, the Messiah, the Redeemer into the world. You sent Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. We no longer have to offer up the blood of innocent lambs to pay for our sins because Jesus was the spotless lamb of God who took away our sin for all time. This Christmas, when we look at the baby in the manger, help us to remember the reason Jesus came into this world, to offer himself in our place, to take the punishment for our sins that we deserved. Thank you for giving us the greatest gift of all, your son, Jesus. Amen. 
As I mentioned before, I have a free copy of The Night the Angels Got Lost for you to download. Go to christmasstory.faith to download your free copy. And I will also have a link for you in the show notes. In addition, when you sign up for my mailing list, you'll receive a free copy of my ebook, The Promised Child, 25 Days of Scripture Readings About the Coming of Jesus. Do you have a special Christmas tradition that you do as a family that helps you to keep Christ at the center of Christmas? I would love to hear from you. Leave me a message at 717-723-9338 and tell me how your family has kept Christ at the center of Christmas this year. Feel free to let me know about a favorite resource or an activity that you love. And don't worry, I won't actually answer the phone if you call. Just leave me a voice message. And I will be including these messages in an upcoming episode of the Family Bible Connection podcast. Our featured book for today is The Biggest Story by Kevin DeYoung, illustrated by Don Clark. And the reason I chose this story to feature today is because our Christmas celebrations will be meaningless if we don't understand how the baby in the manger fits into the story of God's plan to redeem the world from sin. When we comprehend the gravity of our sin problem, it makes the solution that God has provided so much more beautiful. God's people had been waiting for the coming of the one who would crush the head of the serpent and restore God's glory to our broken world. Jesus' birth was the culmination of the hopes and dreams of thousands of years. Here is the blurb from Amazon, and it says, The Bible is full of exciting stories that fill children with awe and wonder, but kids need to know how all these classic stories connect to Scripture's overarching message about God's glorious plan to redeem his rebellious people. In The Biggest Story, Kevin DeYoung leads kids and parents alike on an exciting journey through the Bible, connecting the dots from the Garden of Eden to Christ's death on the cross to the new heaven and the new earth. This imaginative retelling of the Bible's core message, how the snake crusher brings us back to the garden, will draw children into the biblical story, teaching them that God's promises are even bigger and better than we think. I will have an affiliate link for you in the show notes, and you can find that book, The Biggest Story, on Amazon. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 15 of the Family Bible Connection with Laurie Christine, where together as moms, we will cling tightly to Jesus as we create a Christ-centered culture in our home. If you know another mom who might benefit from this episode, would you please take a screenshot on your phone and send it to a friend? Another way for you to help spread the word to other moms like you is to give us a five-star rating for the show and then leave a written review in iTunes. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources to help you create a Christ-centered culture in your home, go to familybibleconnection.com.